welcome to the Food Freedom Podcast. I am Coach Mary Roberts, and this podcast is all about finding your freedom from food addiction. And we're going to talk about all things related to food addiction and recovery. Let's dig in. Let me tell you about my Food Freedom Self-Paced Program. It's the program that can help you begin to get free from food obsession and emotional eating. Uh, it's a self-paced ebook and it's for anybody who's ever tried, if you've, if you're one of those people who's tried to get it together with food over and over only to constantly be starting over, whether it's, you know, Monday or the first, uh, you know, or the new year, you're continually struggling for that consistency and commitment um, and, and always having to start over. If you um, have ever described yourself as an emotional eater or eaten in secret or lied about what you have or haven't eaten, um, if you eat when you're not hungry or you eat past full, if you are unable to stick to any plan or goal that you that you set, if you use food as a reward or you eat something to please somebody else because you feel you can't say no, um, if you're always looking for like the magic pill or the next best thing, you're always dieting, your weight's either on the way up or on the way down, you're just obsessed with food and you think about it all the time, um, you're always looking for new recipes, you just have that like obsession with food. And if you struggle with health issues because of your, your the way that you eat or your weight um, and you're obsessed with, you know, food and the scale and macros and, you know, recipe hunting, then this is is the program for you. I teach you how to finally start overcoming your obsession with food and take control back from that voice of sabotage. And, you know, you got to believe that you can change your relationship with food for good. So, in this program, it's a 60 day, it's minimum 60 days, but you can take longer. Um, you know, move, you can move through it at your, your own pace. Um, I suggest not taking too long. Um, like try not to go more than a few days, you know, between doing lessons. But in this program, I cover all the steps to overcoming the voice of sabotage, how to discover and fill your real needs, how to overcome those danger zones and triggers, um, rewiring your brain, you're your setting a new mindset. We talk about the importance of nutrition. I give you best practices. Um, you'll learn tools, practical tools that you can use in everyday situations. You'll learn how to manage your circle of influence, deal with your family and, and friends and naysayers and all that. It contains um, all of that and more. Uh, there's so much information in it. So if that sounds like something you need, go to the show notes. The link is there. You can um, get it and you know download it and start it the same day um, if you want to. But you have nothing to lose by giving it a try. So check the show notes below to grab that link. All right. Welcome. Welcome back, everybody. Um, this is Food Freedom, and I'm your host, Mary Roberts, and I'm excited to have a guest with me today. It's Megan, and I don't know if I ever pronounced your last name right, but Hempel? Yeah, you, you got say? it. 
Okay, Megan Hempel. Um, she is a uh, health coach. She also specializes in food addiction. Um, and I think a big fitness component too, right? Uh, so I'm going to let Megan tell you all a little bit about herself. And then I'm going to tell you why we're here today. Hello, my name is Megan Hempel. I am a health coach, owner of Brain, Body, and Be On. And uh, my journey actually with recovering with food addiction um, kind of started with, it started with Mary actually, or my food sobriety journey started with Mary. Um, throughout my life, I struggled with uh, binge eating, uh, disordered eating, all of the food addiction issues, um, kind of felt like a broken record. And it wasn't until I actually discovered that food addiction was a thing. And that was kind of my aha moment. Um, my parents enrolled me in Mary's food addiction course. And that's when all the light bulbs went off. And uh, it honestly transformed my life. And I help others overcome that too now. That's so awesome. I love it. I love it. Um, so we're here today because, uh, so because we're both food addiction coaches, we follow a lot of the same people and hashtags and things on, on social media. And so every once in a while, we'll see something that just really like sends our hackles up and we'll share it. We'll be like, did you see this? Can you believe this right and we get really like uh you know kind of upset sometimes we rant a little bit and then we you know we move on from it but um we recently we saw some posts that were like you know we should have um a talk about this on, on the podcast because and i've talked about this before that my just switching my the way i eat did not fix my eating disorder like there you know there's work that has to be done it's not as simple as oh just eat meat or oh just go be keto or you know just eat real food we would love to think that you know that was all it took but it's a lot more involved than that and um but that message is kind of still out there like like it's as simple as do this and it's really kind of insulting to people who suffer from eating disorders to say that the solution is simple so Megan, so what was, what we saw a post recently that it was something about the real reason you have like sugar addiction or food yes. addiction. Yes. Yes. Okay. So th this is the post that really upset me. Okay. The real reasons you're addicted to sugar, insulin resistance, limited protein, poor gut health, micronutrient deficiencies, cortisol imbalance, candina, dopamine chasing, and lack of sleep. So- when I saw when I saw this, I was just like, it upset me because one, I was never insulin resistant. Uh, I get plenty of protein, all of these things, right? That so the, like mm -hmm. the normal person is going to look at this and they're going to be like, oh well, maybe if I fix this, my sugar addiction is going to go away. Okay, yeah. like you said. A diet is not going to fix your sugar addiction. There's many things that need to be worked on um, to be set free of that. But food addiction and food sobriety is an everyday choice, right? Like, and I think what what happens is is many a lot of people don't want to actually accept that they are addicted to sugar, and they are That's looking for all of the ways that they can find that balance that is never going to exist. Yeah. So, you know, I think 
the the things mentioned in that post you know th those are like real issues that you know cause people you know give people you know health those are health legitimate health problems right and a lot of times they are caused by you know i think most of the time it's caused by disordered eating and so when someone who's truly a food addict um, or, you know, addicted to sugar, carbs, or, or just emotional, even addicted to emotional eating, they see that and they, they see something like that. And their, you know, their ed brain lights up like, oh, this is all I gotta, you know, this is all I gotta do. I'm, I'm not, I don't really have an eating disorder. Mm. I just gotta like fix this one thing. So I think that, and, and the, so the thing that upsets me most when people see stuff like that is that it gives them a false hope. Um, and I think people need to learn how to like discern the information of influencers, um, you know, and we have to look at everything through the lens of our recovery. Like I'm constantly telling my, my clients that, you know, when they will, and you probably have this too, a client will ask, you know, can I do this? Or what do you think of, about this? And you know, I always have to redirect them to, you know, look at that particular thing, like, okay, in context of your ed, what does it mean? Cause, so like people that don't eat nuts, right? Nuts are a, a, a whole food, right? It's a real food. If it hasn't like come in a jar and a bunch of poison added to it, but in general, right. nuts are fine, right? But they're, you know, so they're on all the food lists. You can eat nuts. And so someone will ask, well, you know, it's on, on the list. Can I have this? Well, you can have anything you want. But in the context of your recovery, even though the nuts are real food, what do you do with them? Right. You know, like, how do you behave with them? That's how you, you got to, you know, determine whether something is right for you. And so it's, it's the same thing with like all this information. How does this information apply to me and, and my eating disorder? Right. And I think everybody's, every, every human is so individualized with their food addiction, right? Like certain mm -hmm. things could be triggering to you and they aren't to me. It's like right. some people could potentially eat nuts and be okay. And they don't binge on them like potato chips. Some people can eat cheese and they can moderate it. Some people eat cheese and dairy and they binge on it. Yeah. So it's like, it's so individualized with every single human. And it's, we don't, we're not just addicted to food, right? We, we become addictive to addicted to these behaviors. Yeah. And that is why the, the perfect diet, whether it's carnivore or keto, isn't going to necessarily heal the disordered eating. It's definitely going to help you because I do believe that yeah. when you're, you know, not spiking, constantly spiking blood sugar and insulin, it, it, it definitely keeps the beast asleep and you don't have to fight as hard. However, you have to work on the behavior itself. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's true. You know, I've said so many times that, you know, you know, keto healed my health issues and it definitely was the vehicle, you know, that um, it, it paved the way for me to be able to actually do the recovery work because I had right. better because your brain was function. working. Yes, yeah. yes, my brain yeah. was working better, and so and, and of course I felt satiated for the first time in my life. I wasn't eating, you know, nine hundred a thousand calories of low fat rabbit food, starving yourself, and was miserable. Myself. Yeah, yes, yeah. So I, it definitely it it definitely helps, but it is not, you know, the thing that fixes it. We have to you know, do that work. And so, and you were talking about, um, the, like addicted to the behaviors. I was recently talking about this, like 
we we are not just addicted to the food we're addicted to the roller coaster ride right like the the up and down and the new this and the new that and um aa has a saying called sick excitement right and so a lot of times like when people get newly food sober they feel down they're like i don't know i'm just feeling down i'm like kind of depressed and, or they say i'm getting bored i'm bored with my food right but it's because that like chaotic behavior that goes with the eating disorder you're not doing you know when you're food sober and you're just sticking to like eating real food and you're feeling satiated you're not engaging in all that behavior and so you're right. like don't know what to do with yourself because you're used to the ride well and yeah and in the highly palatable foods those yes. are the things that light up our brain right and that's where you know you really have to switch your perspective when it comes for food, be, when it comes to food, because yes, do we want to enjoy the foods we're eating? Absolutely. But, you know, as like, you know, it's more of a, a nourishment and less of a mouth party for us, right? Because the mouth party that we, you know, as food addicts crave and want, we want that dopamine high. I think yeah. that's why a lot of people who are new in food sobriety go, oh, well, I'm just so sick of and I'm the food yeah. anymore for us yeah so like every like it's you know I think with anything we start new like I don't know I, I won't speak for you but I'll speak for me like my my history of of ed and dieting and trying all the things like I was excited anytime I started something new there was excitement right like even slim oh I'm gonna do the slim fast thing I'm gonna take you know venture me and I'm gonna you know oh I'm joining the gym for the 15th time you know and we get excited we're excited at first and we're getting that hit but then it, yeah. it wears off it fades and, yeah and so I think that it's just so common so when people when and people start saying things like oh I'm bored with my food um you know I'm I'm feeling down they ha they don't know what to do with that because during the honeymoon period they weren't, you know, when you're in the honeymoon period, everything feels like great, right? You're like, oh yeah, I'm not even- You're on top of the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ed's not even speaking to us and and we're just excited because it's new and we're getting results probably. And, and so, but then that only lasts for so long. And if you haven't done any of, of, of the work, which I'm sure is how you work with your clients, you know, I tell my clients, look, you're, you're probably, you're excited everything feels easy. You're in the honeymoon period. It's not going to stay like that. Trust me. So while yeah. we're in, while we're in this time period, we're going to do some work because when it, you know, when this excitement wears off, I don't want you going off a cliff. Right. Right. And it's like, I always mentally, I like to mentally prepare my clients. Like in the beginning, it's going to be great, but the healing yeah. journey is not linear whatsoever. You're That's going right. to continue throughout your journey. You're going to go through the five stages of grieving. You're going to have times of period where you accept it. And then you're going to have times where you're going to be like, what the heck? Why can't I be like everybody else and just moderate? But you know that that doesn't work for you. And you have to also put your focus on like, how do you want to feel, right? And you taught this in your group too. And, and, and I help my clients with it. It's like, you have got to be able to feel 
feed those lies that Ed feeds you with the truth, right? So like when you have been doing so good, which we know that he thrives in the dark and he thrives in really good times too. So when he creeps Uh in, you have Uh to be on guard. So when he's like, oh, hey, you know, you've been doing so good. Just have that cookie. You can literally feed that lie with the truth and be like, dude, let's be real. I know what that one cookie is going to do. I will be done for. You know, and you, and I feel like too, like having that support system too, having your coach that you can go to in times of need, that also helps with your food sobriety journey. Like I am, I'll be openly honest. I'm over four years into my food sobriety and I still talk with my coach at least once a month just to do a check-in, you know, because you can never get complacent and you have always got to be on guard. Now I'm not saying that you, like, I do feel like, like, as you go into your food sobriety journey, the longer you're in it, you definitely, you have more confidence in yourself for sure. And it's a much easier getting through hard times than it was in the beginning, but it's yeah. still a practice. Yeah. Well, and I think it definitely, like we grow and we change, like that's how it should be, right? Like we grow and we change through our sobriety and there are layers to our sobriety. And you know, what, what the struggles that we had in year one are not the same as they are in year four or in year nine, you know, like, yeah, it's different. You, you grow and you change and Ed, you know, like Ed doesn't, I don't know about you, but Ed doesn't come at me for Snickers bars. It's just not, it's not even the realm of possibility. Right. But Ed will come at me with body image or something else that I haven't like completely, you know, worked through yet, but not, not so much anymore with the food. Yeah. It's a, it's like a, an onion, right? There's so many different layers to it. So many different layers. And with your journey too, you're going to discover things about yourself, you know, throughout the years, which, oh, that, that is triggering to me or, oh, I'm good with it. This now, like I never thought in a million years that I would be able to sit next to my daughter who's eating ice ice cream and not be triggered. Like I I don't even care. I I don't want it. It doesn't bother me. Yeah. Well, and that's the free, like when I say food freedom, that's what I mean. But so many people and influencers kind of tie it back to them. They talk about food freedom as if, oh, it means you can eat whatever you want without guilt and consequence. Okay. Pause real quick. Can we just talk about that for a minute? Because I see, I see that all of the time. You Uh do too, like the rest of the world. And I just laugh because I'm like, can you please just tell me and explain to me how you do that? Because that is foreign to me because balance and moderation does not exist. But that's also what keeps people living in these six cycles who are struggling with food addiction because, I mean, that was me. I followed these people for many years and I tried over and over again to moderate and balance. And guess what? I fell flat on my face every single time reliving these unhealthy cycles of binging and and purging. And yeah, yeah, it's it's crazy. And how does that make you feel when people say, like, it, it drives me mad when people say it's real simple, you know, just eat everything in moderation, eat less, move more, like all, like they say these things and it's so insulting. Like, thank you. you I I haven't tried that. Yeah. Do you think I haven't tried that? And so when they say, well, this is matter of factly the answer and you've tried over and over and over to do that only to fail, it makes you feel broken, like unworthy. You're just like, I'm a loser. I can't do this. 
right? right? But people keep trying to do the same thing over and over because there's these attitudes out there, like the post we were talking about in the beginning that, you know, oh, this is why you have sugar addiction, you yeah. know? Um, and, and it's, it's just not, not true. And I think that's, and at the end of the day, I always go back to this. It's like addiction is addiction. Like it, right. I mean, it, like, like, and I, and I use this probably example multiple times in a week, but it's like, you're not going to tell a recovering alcoholic to have one sip of beer because you know that it's not going to be that. And also it's like somebody who, um, people who talk about balance and moderation, you know, if they were to say, like, if I told them that, you know, certain foods are toxic to me or they are poison, they would automatically attack me and say, oh my gosh, you are so restrictive. You need to work on your relationship with food. And that is not the case. Why do I want to put something inside of my body that one is one we all know is not even healthy, but two, that is going to put me into a very bad place and relive the the bitching cycles all over again like yeah once once you set yourself free right mm-hmm. and you live this food sobriety journey it's like you you don't ever want to go back right so why would you right and yet so those of us that are abstinence or i know you've heard this phrase before cut out whole food groups which we don't we still eat <laughs> some carbohydrates um yeah but you know people that that say those things like they, they don't under, they're either like in their own place of like misunderstanding. They have their own struggles with Ed or they have no idea what it's like to live in, you know, with a food addiction and an eating disorder. Um, so let's, I know one of the things we wanted to talk about was there's a distinction between food addiction and, and binge eating. You can have both right? You can, you could be a food addict and you could be a binge eater, but you could also be a food addict and not be a binge eater. Right. So how do you, when you work with clients, how do you, you know, talk to them about making the distinction? Well, so I feel like binge eating, um, if you have been able to overcome your binge eating, then I don't think you were ever a food addict to begin with because with moderate, you mean with moderation, Right? Yeah, you can overcome binge eating and be a moderator. Right, C- correct. Right, like so. If you if you have been able to overcome binge eating and you can moderate now, then that's awesome. Great. Uh, that that is. Uh, <laughs> I wish I could Very be like rare. that, but I'm but I'm not. Yeah. Um, um, because I think a lot of food addicts too that that have come to me in the past are like, well, you know, I just I I, I want to heal my binge eating because they want to be able to moderate. Right. But when they're telling me all of the things, I can tell them straight out whether or not they're addicted to food or not. Um, I don't know. What are your thoughts? Yeah. So I, I, I'm on the same page. I think that if, you know, there's, there's a clear distinction between moderators and people who should abstain. Um, you know, moderators don't have to plan ahead to not overeat, right? They're not even think it's not on their radar at all because they eat when they're hungry and they stop when they're full. You know, I've shared many times, like I'm married to a moderator. He'll order a dessert at a restaurant and take two or three bites, 
pay 10 bucks for those two or three bites and like leave it on the plate. And I'm looking at him like he's an alien. Like, are you not going to finish that? Like, like yeah, if I past, did that. Right? And then I would be like, okay, well, I'll eat my dessert and your dessert. And the whole house when I get home. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I think that that's true, that if, if suddenly you can um, moderate, and for real, okay, moderation. So I think there's some important definitions of moderation. It's not, if you eat one cookie every day, you're not moderating, you're eating cookies every day, you're using every day. If you eat one cookie every six months, you're probably a moderator, okay? Um, if you are controlling your portions and so-called moderating, like on a regular basis, you are an active user. You just may not be binging, right? Yeah. Like, but you're still using your drug, drug foods. Um, and I think that every addict wants to, every addict loves the lie of moderation. You know, that's like one of Ed's big lies is that, that we can, you know, moderate all like, it's the big lie. And then there's all the little lies underneath, like the you can have one bite or, you know, it's your vacation, uh, you know, eat whatever you want on vacation. And when you get back, you'll be fine. You get back on track. Like all those other little lies are attached to the big lie of, of moderation. Yeah. And, you know, I know we all, you know, as ad we would love to desperately, you know, we desperately want to believe that we we'd love be to moderator. be able to balance. Yeah. 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 But it's just, it's just not in, in the cards. And uh, you talked about acceptance earlier and really like, that's a huge issue. A lot of people, they stay stuck because they haven't accepted that, you know, they, they actually have um, a disorder, right? Like yeah. they still think, they still think that the problem is, well, you know, I just haven't found, you know, I, I just haven't tried hard enough. I've been lazy. I, I'm not, I haven't put a hundred percent, like they heap the blame on like it, like it's a character flaw. Well, right? and I think too, like so for somebody like me, like I think some people might not even actually know that the addiction they're addicted and the addiction is the problem. Like yes. I was a fitness junkie. I binged and purged for many years and I relived these cycles over and over again. But the second that someone was like food addiction, I was like, Oh my God. Like I had, I can truly say, like, I knew that if I hadn't gotten my binging under control, like I was eventually going to die from it because my bulimia yeah. was so, so bad but I didn't really understand the addiction piece. And then when I found out like food addiction was a thing, that's when my light bulb went off and I was yeah. like, Oh my God. And that's when the healing journey started. So I think, you know, because everybody does like to believe that they can balance and moderate. And when they can't, they start to feel like, well, what's wrong with me? Like, why yes. can't I just fix this? And yeah. then when they're like, Oh, it's addiction. Then I feel like their healing journey can actually begin. Right. Yeah. You know, and that, that getting to that full acceptance can, can take a while, you know, and then, you know, we go through the stages of grief. We get, you know, we get mad and, or, and we get depressed. We try, you know, negotiating with Ed, you know, totally. like, well, what if, you know, what and, if and Ed's the king of manipulation too. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So the lying liar. Um, so anyway, um, I forgot, like, I, I, think there were, I thought there was one other thing I we wanted to talk about, but um, bottom line is, you know, when you when you accept that you you're not a moderator, like like you said, that is really when like things can can start to get better. Um, and I I like to give the example like in my groups, like what is what does acceptance look like? 
you know, well, there's not, not accepting is like, let's say it's raining. Not accepting is, dang it, it's raining. I really wish it wasn't raining. Why is it, this is raining my day. It always rains. Like we're just like whining and complaining about the, right. the rain. When we're in acceptance, we look outside, we see it's raining. We go, yeah, it's raining, you know? And yeah, <laughs> that's what, so like acceptance is, is, is when we're like, yeah, I, I, I'm not, I'm not going to eat these certain things because that's not going to end well for me. But when we're not accepting, yeah. we're like coveting what other people are eating. We're mad. We're, you know, we're, we're jealous. We, you know, we get easily like triggered by things and, you know, we're not in acceptance. So like, that's how we make that distinction. But the goal is acceptance because when we accept, we can be free of the obsession. And so what is it like now that you don't think about food all day long, what do you do with your time? Um, I'm literally living my best life right now is what I'm doing. I really am. And I I think too, like before, you know, overcoming my food addiction, I would always say to myself, like, if I can figure out how to get over this, like, then I'm going to help others do the same. And it's like somebody like me, like I've never struggled. I, I did. I was the chubby kid in school. Um, and that's kind of where like my body issues kind of stem from like, you know, body dysmorphia and food issues and stuff. But like, I was never huge or morbidly obese. I never struggled with insulin resistance. So like, you know, I'm probably not the typical person that somebody would look like and be like, Oh, she's a food addict, you know, mm-hmm. but yeah. it comes in you know, all different shapes and sizes, right. man. I yeah. work with a lot of individuals that don't look like a typical food addict, but, but like, so you can't, you can't, you can't judge a book by its cover. However, it's like, you know, if we want to talk restriction, right? Because I think a lot of people would look at our lifestyle, the lives that we live and be like, oh my God, they're so restrictive. And it's like food freedom can mean something different for all of us. And I always like to say food freedom, you know, for me personally, and I try to, you know, encourage my clients with this is like, choosing is you, you got to let your words empower you, right? Rather than being like, I can't have this. Like, yeah, sure. You can have whatever you friggin' want, but yeah. I'm choosing to not eat foods that steal my peace. I don't want to yes. have to hyper focus on anything. Like if yeah. I feel like a slave to it and it has a hold on me, I yeah. don't freaking want it in my life. And when we are, you know, caught up in our, you know, food addiction and, you know, that kind of slavery, it opens up your life to so many more opportunities. You're full of energy. Your mental health is improved. It just can literally completely transform your life. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. And I think there's a lot of people that, that I think they, they're so distracted by the food that they cannot participate in, in their life and in other ways. And those are, you've probably heard people say this, you know, like, um, it's just not any fun. Like, you know, I, if I, if I go on this trip or I go to this event and I don't eat the things, I'm not going to have as much fun. And so what does that say about like the quality of our life when we need the substance? Like that's an addictive statement if there ever is one, right? Like I can't have fun. Imagine saying that about the alcohol or heroin or something, right? Well, I can't have fun party unless I shoot up. You know, yeah, you it's true though. That yeah, is, right? yeah, yeah. But but it's like you know our culture, right? Like everything that our culture does, food is the center 
of everything. So yes. it's like, and I actually think that you, you guys taught this in your program and that's where I learned it from. It's like, you know what we need to, as recovering, you know, food addicts and, you know, working on our food sobriety, it's like, you need to stop focusing on the food piece and actually focus on the experience, right? So yes. like, Christmas is coming up, right? Instead of gorging yourself, instead of, you know, making yourself sick, stop having food be the center focus of it and have your family be the focus. Yeah. You get to spend quality time with the ones you love and you're not being consumed with, you know, making yourself sick because you can't stop eating. Yeah. Yeah. It's about making memories, spending time with people, you know, that, that you care about, um, you know, focusing on the reason for the, you know, whatever the get together is and, and, and experiencing things when we don't get to experience things the same way when we're numb from, you know, the, the food. So, and this is the time of year, you know, people are definitely going to be, be struggling with this as, you know, the next couple months. Um, but yeah, we need to like, you know, life is so much better when you're not like thinking about food all the time. Um, and, you know, wondering, like, you know, thinking about wake up, thinking about it, have your first, you know, food for the day and already thinking about what you're going to eat later, you know, all of that stuff. Or like, I was like a recipe hunter too, even though I hated cooking. Um, I was always like looking for recipes for some reason, because uh, you, you know, you're just obsessed over all of it. So um, I, I did want to say something too, like you, you were talking about how um, it's food discrimination or food addiction is not discriminating. You don't have, like, there are plenty of people who are not overweight or obese who have disordered relationship with food. A lot of fitness people do. I, there's, I have a oh, male yeah. in, in my group right now who is like, he's like a triathlon guy. He looks very fit. He's never, you know, he's not overweight, but he has like all the same like disordered you know, thoughts that, that we've had. Um, it's, you know, and I think that also the attention is always, you know, it seems like more women. Um, I I know I definitely work with more women and it seems like it's more of a female thing, but it's really not. I can't remember what I was listening to yesterday. It's a podcast and, um, a man was talking about how it, it, we need, it needs to be more normalized for men to be able to talk about their disorder because like, there's a lot of men that are disordered yeah. too. Yeah. I, I have a, a handful of yeah. male clients and it's real. I think that, you know, food addiction saying that, you know, you're addicted to food. It's not sexy. It's not glamorous. Yeah. There's nothing yeah. cute about it. And I think a <laughs> lot of people feel ashamed, but as you know, Ed thrives in the dark and I really encourage all of my clients to be open about it. Well, I don't, I don't mean they need to go spread it all over social media, but once they yeah. kind of stop ha- keeping it a secret, yes. it, it, it becomes so much more, he, you become a lot more, um, the healing process becomes a lot easier. Yeah. Because yeah, it's not a go, secret. Right. I think it starts with being honest with ourselves, right? Like so many people aren't even honest with themselves, but that's where it's first. And then yes, sharing it, bringing it out of the dark into the light yes. so that you can, you can grow because, um, you know, if you're in isolation, the recovery can't happen. You right. Know, so and your friends and family community. can, your friends and family can also help and support you and hold you accountable and be there for you when you might be struggling, yeah. you know? 
the right ones. I think we yes. do have to be discerning. We have to be discerning yeah. about who we who we tell, right? Like, yeah. don't tell, don't confide in someone who's always crapping all over your ideas. Yeah, <laughs> you know? like someone who's safe to 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 share with a safe so, space. Yeah. Yes. So, well, thank you so much for coming on today. I've enjoyed our conversation. Where can people find you? So I am most active on Instagram. You can find me at Megan Alice, M-E-G-H-A-N-N dot Alice. All right. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. I had a blast. Me too. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening today. You can find me on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at KetoMary71, as well as my website, KetoCoachMary.com.